Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review as well. That would be much appreciated. Hopefully, just do it out of the kindness of your heart. But if I have to bribe you, I will because I'm going to be doing a giveaway. I'm going to be giving away a Mitch Marner mini stick, one of the ones that you get from from Tim Hortons. Uh, so I'm going to be giving one of those away to one of our listeners of the pod. Uh, so in order to do that, go follow on Twitter at Lockdown Lease. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck, and then leave a review on our either Spotify or iTunes page, or just let me know on Twitter what you think of uh, the show and maybe give it a share as well. That would be fantastic. Um, the contest will end the night the cup is awarded. So could be any time next week, two weeks, however long the series goes. Hopefully it's a full seven days and uh, everybody can get in on this. But get those reviews in as soon as you can and win yourself a pretty cool prize. Um, speaking of the Stanley Cup final, this is the eve of the Cup final between Tampa and Dallas. And I'm going to be joined by Ken Nash from Locked On Stars and Adam Danker from Locked On Lightning to give me their perspectives on how they think that the series is going to go. Then we'll have some Leafs news and uh, some notes to get to a little bit as well later in the show. But let's bring in Kenneth Nash. Nash from Locked On Stars to give us his perspective heading into game one. Kenneth, what's going on, pal? Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, just trying to, uh, it's a weird year and it's getting weirder basically every week, especially with this Dallas Stars team. So that's about what's going on. It's just a pretty, pretty weird time, but uh, glad to have be on and uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I This is going to be a, a fun show and I'm excited to see what a couple of local guys think about their team. So I thought, well, let's see what uh, what Dallas is thinking. And I guess first and foremost, did you ever expect to be covering a cup final this season? No, and it's it's weird because uh, – so Josh and I joined Locked On in February. So so in the middle of the season, we had about a month of, of doing this until uh, – and then the pandemic and the pause and all of that. And so I don't think we even really pictured this uh, this being a situation, much less when they started up and you – we saw how they looked in that round robin, which is pretty rough to uh, to be sitting here in the middle of September, getting ready to uh, start a Stanley Cup final. Is uh, pretty stunning. It's been a, it's been a wild ride. Yeah, and and as you put it, uh, just before we hopped on and started recording, you said they hit they kind of struck lightning in a bottle here and are kind of riding this thing all the way through. Um, and, and I think that a big reason for that, and this is just my take as an outsider, it's funny. The old saying goes that you make more mistakes on July 1 on Free Agent Frenzy Day than any other day of the year. I don't think that's yep. <laughs> the case for Dallas, though. I, I think the few big additions that they made this offseason specifically have been really, really, uh, really have done really well for, for them. They've been massive contributors. I'm talking Pavelski, Sakara, Corey Perry's been a nice role player. Uh, what are your thoughts on on those guys and how big have they been for this playoff push by the Stars? Yeah, uh, Jim Neal in the front office, really, they, they did a great job this past summer. And, you know, you, you look at that list of guys, I think – Going into this past offseason, that was the number one goal, was bringing guys who were going to contribute in the postseason. And and you saw during the regular season, they those guys, they struggled at times. You know, Corey Perry had a really uh, up-and-down year. Joe Pavelski caught fire a little bit later into the season, but, you know, he, he wasn't quite, you know, as advertised when he, when you saw the contract he was given. And Andre Secker was brought into a, a crowded defenseman group and, and was kind of fighting for a role there. But 
when the lights uh, came on, so to speak, they've, they've really clicked. Joe Pavelski's delivered some very, very important, timely goals. He obviously had the hat trick in the Calgary series, and uh, he had a, a game. His third goal of that series was a game tire uh, in, the, in the last minute or so um, to send it to OT. And then you look at Corey Perry, who's uh, had some influential uh, goals, but he's really kind of brought an edge to this team that they needed. Some, some of that postseason experience, obviously a long time um, a member of the league, longtime veteran, and, and he's brought an edge. And then Andre Secker is an interesting one because early in the postseason, he he looked rough. Uh, there was some chatter, you know, do you among fans, I know for sure, you know, do you replace him? Do you try to figure out another way in? Obviously, they lost Roman Polak, who opted out of the postseason. So they really were a little bit light on veteran defensemen, but Sekera struggled. But these past two two series, really, and especially in the Vegas series, he's been phenomenal, and and it's it's been interesting because the the veterans have really uh, clicked and delivered. I think even more than what was hoped for when they uh, when they signed. Yeah, and I think the a nice resurgence here from Jamie Ben here in this playoffs is probably uh, really put Dallas back in into position here to win where, you know, you're going into the playoffs and even going into the year, this is a guy who's kind of his career has definitely gone towards a downward trajectory. I'm sure everyone in Dallas is happy to see this guy uh, contributing and playing a high level of hockey again. Yeah, he's this is a team that that rides on on his kind of emotional uh, engagement in a, in a game and in especially in the Vegas series, you you saw it on a much more consistent basis in those last two games. Really, I mean, game five is a great example. You kind of could see it on his face and the way that he was playing. Even when they went down two goals, it was almost like this weird, I'm not going to let us lose that uh, this game. And he's one of those few players around the league that I think has the ability to really almost make that decision mentally and then deliver behind it. He's a player that obviously has been around for a while, been around the franchise for a long time. He, he's kind of struggled the past couple of years. Part of that's, you know, I think a little bit of, uh, of the system. It's a different style than, than what we saw maybe when he delivered his Art Ross season and, and some of that. But he's also, he's been a kind of a beat up player. He's a physical player and teams go after him. Um, and, and so it's, it's interesting to see him kind of hit that, find new life. And I think part of it is, he knows that, you know, he's been in Dallas for a long time. He's going to be here for a long time. You look at, you know, he signed a long-term contract not that long ago. And he he recognizes, I think, that this is uh, this is an opportunity that's not guaranteed. And when he when he can click and, and engage in the game emotionally early and and really get things going with his energy, he changes the dynamic of this team. And he's really been a big catalyst for them, especially in the Colorado and Vegas series. Yeah, and it's it's definitely you know indicative to how well that team has done based on him kind of rebounding here uh, late. But to me, just taking a look at, at this couple last couple of series, at least, it's really kind of been more of a team effort than anything. And there's a couple mm-hmm. of guys who I've been really impressed with. I mean, we could talk about, you know, the the Game 7 hero, Yoel Kivaranta from Round 2. Yeah. <laughs> but someone who I've honestly been really, really happy with and I think is going to be a heck of a player going forward is Denis Gurionov. Yeah, he's uh, he's been the breakout guy for this team throughout the whole season. He, uh, he, uh, he led the team in, uh, in goal scored this year is his rookie year. He's kind of had an up and down career with the stars organization. Uh, you know, he's a first round draft pick from a few years back, um, was actually left off of uh, a Calder cup final team with the Texas stars a few years ago. And, and there was kind of some questions as to what, what did the future hold for Dennis Gurionov? And, and he's worked hard and he's kind of changed his game and, and, really look to make his strengths even stand out even more and work on some of his weaknesses. And it's clicked this year. 
Um, he's got a rocket of a shot. He, he loves setting up on that face-off dot that one time where we saw it in the We saw uh, OT well of the, on display the other night, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, he's got a, a missile of a shot. He's great on the power play. And uh, he's one that I think has really kind of not only changed the trajectory of the team this season, but I think it's this is an, a veteran team. And I think there were some questions about what did the youth look like for this team beyond Miro Haskinen and, and maybe Rope Hintz. And I think he's one that, that's got fans excited because – there's clearly a next guard, so to speak. When, when some of these veterans age out, you've got Dennis Gurionov to rely on, and, and he looks like he could be a, a pretty potent goal scorer in the NHL for years to come. So I jokingly talked about Yoel Kivaranta quickly just before I wanted to get to Gurionov, but I am actually curious, as somebody who covers the team and, and has watched him, I just know about the fact that he scores big goals in big moments. But what's <laughs> yeah. his game style? And, and do you think this kid could actually be a, a player for the Dallas Stars long-term? Yeah, he is. He's a, the, the coaching staff is a big fa- are big fans of him. Um, he's, he, this is obviously his first year with the organization coming over from Finland, uh, joined as a, as a free agent and was kind of uh, he was a low risk kind of addition. And, and he, he played with the team a little bit this year. I think he had 11, uh, regular season games with the team this season, but it was kind of a, a depth guy. But the team, uh, the team has talked about how much they love the way he plays. He's an energy guy. That's really, I mean, he goes, he he works hard all the time. He, he's really kind of got that uh, that pit bull mentality you want from kind of some bottom six forwards. And obviously, you know, one of the things he does well, and you'll hear this from uh, media that covered the stars, is he does some of the little things really well. And one thing you saw in the, uh, the Colorado game was, was the game seven against Colorado was his ability to kind of find space and, and be in the right spot at the right time. He did it again against Vegas, uh, when he scored the, uh, the game tying goal to send it to OT in game five. So I think he, I think he definitely has the potential to have a future. You know, I don't know that he's ever going to be uh, a superstar or anything like that, but when you're talking about depth forwards, it's, it's, where you find those guys and, and your ability to develop them is crucial to a franchise. And, and Kevin Ronta looks like maybe one of those diamonds in the rough. It kind of came out of nowhere and could be a legitimate depth forward for this team moving forward. So true story about Kivarantis. So I, I'm a, an avid hockey card collector. And uh, on the Locked On NHL podcast, we do a monthly uh, NHL or uh, a monthly hockey card investing show. And the first thing that I did when I watched Kivaranta go off for a hat trick was go and see if I could buy up as many rookie cards as possible <laughs> to only find that he does not have one yet because he is yep. so new to the league. And uh, I, I just thought that it was kind of funny. You got this kid going out here scoring massive goals, eliminating Nate McKinnon in the, in the Colorado Avalanche after scoring a hat trick in game seven of the playoffs. And he's so new to the league that he doesn't even have a hockey card yet. But uh, definitely, yeah, I think yeah, it could it was, be a bright future for him. Yeah, it was interesting because I, I know in the post game after Game Seven, you know, people were obviously asking Rick Bonus and and some of his teammates about him, and and it was you could tell by how new he was that, that a lot of national media could not figure out how to pronounce uh, his name or, or really knew much about him. And Did uh, I say it right? I think the testament. I think the testament to him though is. Uh, is the fact that he stayed in the lineup after game seven at the expense of a veteran and uh, Andrew Cogliano, who obviously he, he was scratched uh, with an injury unfit to play. That's what got Kivy Ranta in the lineup. And then uh, he, he he was a healthy scratch for a couple of games afterwards. And, and Kivy has been in the lineup ever since. And, you know, the team believes in him and, and, you know, some guys are made for this kind of moment. It looks like he might be one of those guys. Is Anton Hudobin one of those guys? One of the things that I'm hearing coming from a lot of media pundits is whether or not they think that Hudobin will be able to keep it going. Do you believe he can, or do you think he might kind of hit a wall here against Tampa in the cup final? 
You know, it, it's in, he's an interesting case because he, he's he's in unprecedented territory for his career. He's never been the guy uh, on a team, and, and even with this Dallas team that had a really good one A one B blend. Anytime you have Ben Bishop on your roster, Ben Bishop's still the guy. Um, but so he's been in un, un, kind of uncharted territory. He's delivered, and I think that's the key with Anton Hudobin. Is even if you know, even if every game's not a you know a, a one goal uh, allowed or a shutout or something like that, he delivers timely saves pretty regularly. And the team, I think, the most important thing is the team is confident with him in the crease, and and that's why I would I would back him to continue it. You know, we saw some stellar performances against Vegas to to a, a pretty high degree. I don't know that you're going to get. Uh, you know, I think he had somewhere in the 940, 950 save percentage range in that series. I don't know that you necessarily get that again, but what you know with Anton Hudobin is is he's going to he's going to deliver timely saves, and he's a goalie that thrives on seeing a lot of action. So even if you're kind of struggling to to limit opportunities, that actually really helps him grow into the game. So he's a he, he's emerged as probably their most important uh, player. I would argue him and Miro Haskinen have probably been the two guys that they needed the most, and. Uh, you know, it's an interesting one. I don't know that we'll get Vegas level performances, but I, I the team's confident. I'm confident in his abilities to to carry him the rest of the way if that's what he needs to do. What do the stars need to do to beat Tampa? What should their game plan be heading into game one tomorrow night? Uh you know, it's interesting. They're a team that that's the stars are a team that's had to adjust their style. They were a heavily defensive team early in the season. And, and once the postseason started, they kind of turned into an offense first team. That, that Colorado series was was a shootout almost every night, which was a, a big deviation from the Stars' norm. But we saw them kind of revert back to a defense-first, heavy four-check, clog-up-the-neutral-zone kind of team against Vegas, especially when they had a, a lead to protect. I think they're going to have to be able to do that again against Tampa Bay. That that uh, that Tampa Bay forward group is, is pretty stacked, even without Steven Stamkos. We don't know if he'll be available in this series. They haven't ruled him out. I know that they're anticipating he won't be available in game one, uh, last I heard. But even without him, you know, you look at that forward group and it's still an incredibly talented group. So Dallas is going to be have to be heavy on the four check and, and really kind of slow things down, uh, limit transition opportunities. They're great shot blockers, the Stars are. So I think they can, I think if they can slow things down, kind of clog up the ice, I think that plays in their favor. But they're going to have to kind of lean on their defensive group, which they've shown an ability to do. But I think they're going to have to revert back to that in this this uh, Stanley Cup final because this is a very, very talented Tampa Bay group. Well, we'll see if they can do it. We're 24 hours away from puck drop of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 2020 has been a weird year, but we will crown a new champion. And uh, for your sake, hopefully it's the Dallas Stars. Kenneth, thanks so much for joining <laughs> me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That is Kenneth Nash from the Locked On Stars. You can find him on Twitter at Kenneth underscore Nash 19. And coming up on the other side, we'll chat with Adam Danker from the Locked On Lightning podcast. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, oh, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. 
with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe you real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash slash XXX and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone's craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings food for your craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you eat when you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite local national restaurants, like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off your first zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano with you, and I'm being joined in this segment by Adam Danker from Locked On Lightning. Adam, what's going on? Doing good, Mike. How's everything going with you? Glad to be on. No, it's not too bad. I mean, I wish the Leafs were in the Stanley Cup final, kind of like the Lightning are, uh, but that eh, is what it is. They clearly uh, didn't deserve to be there. The Lightning had themselves a fantastic season, and really, they were the favorites going into the year anyway so not much shock as you know we kind of found out with Dallas it's a lot more of a shocker that they're here but the Lightning I would assume that you expected him to get here uh, just based on coming into the year being the number one team in the league off a strong season last year um, but what are your thoughts so far on on the Lightning playoff run? Uh, well you know everything worked out as expected uh, with you know some of the things that happened where I said at the start of this whole playoffs, I said if they could just get the monkey off their back with Columbus, which they ended up playing, um, and then they if they could just get past Boston, I think anything was possible. And, of course, as we all know, they, they beat Boston um, not only in the second round, but in some might say convincing fashion. Uh, and so, you know, pretty much it was they were playing with house money by then once the time they got into the Islanders. And uh, I just want to say, you know, real quick, you know, congratulations, to the Islanders. I mean, they played a heck of heck of a series. I mean, they probably gave the Lightning more run for their money than I think anybody was even expecting them to. Definitely. And yeah, they're definitely one of those teams that's probably maybe a piece or two away. And a couple of players need to develop a little bit more from maybe really making a mock of things. In well, the future. from a a lightning perspective, what was it that the Islanders were doing that was giving you guys so much fits out there? 
Well, they were doing what exactly I expect the Dallas Stars are going to try and do it and what we saw in the Columbus series, and that was just playing uh, almost perfect defense, uh, taking away any space on the ice. I mean, the key to this Lightning team is their speed and their skill. So when you don't allow them to spread the puck out uh, going down on the rush, especially forcing turnovers in the – in the neutral zone and just not letting anybody giving them a giving them a headache of you know trying to trying to enter the zone on the rush and not letting them do what they need to do to really succeed um that really takes a lot of factors away from them as well as if you could create a lot of traffic around Vasilevsky and what they did which was you know usually the 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 strategy with most goalies is to really pepper them with shots until they get overwhelmed and then you get a couple here or there but really with Vasilevsky it's it's kind of the opposite you know the less shots you put on him um the better just because it, it doesn't allow him to really get into the groove of things and we definitely saw that uh in the two losses that they had in this series especially in that game three game um so you know it was it was I would say that this series didn't exactly go the way Lightning fans expect it, but I'm not going to complain about the results. And something that did come about it is this lingering Braden Point injury. Um, he missed a game throughout the series and then was kind of in and out of the lineup. Did play last night. Uh, did he look good enough for you, or do you think that this could affect his play heading into the cup final? Well, I have to say, even though he didn't really do much or he didn't really live up to the expectations that he's had for himself now um he looked pretty normal uh he had some good shots on net uh, he did some really good things just passing the puck around just things along the board you know the usual things that we all like to see from some players in general um and some lightning fans were saying on twitter that they thought he didn't look so good and i said i was telling a couple of fans from my show that reached out to me i said hey listen he's i gotta go out there and get three points every game and that's why uh, the death on this Lightning team is so important. But as from an injury aspect, I think um, the one thing that I saw from him uh, really when it was evident in game three, uh, game two, actually, when he left early, was that it looked like he had somewhat of a lower body injury. And uh, if you remember right, that he had that double hip surgery last offseason that kind of held him back uh, from being able to do some of the conditioning things that he normally is able to do in the offseason. So that's what kind of uh, led to this big resurgence for him in the in, in the playoffs. So, I if I had to guess of what it was, it's probably a hip injury, um, which is why Coach Cooper came out and said what he did, and saying that they were going to quote unquote manage him, mm -hmm. um, and then they ended up losing Game Five. So I would say keep an eye on him, but expect him to be ready uh, the, at the start of Game One. And, you know, obviously the natural next question for you is in regards to Steven Stamkos and the latest says that he's unlikely to play in game one. I wasn't even too sure if he was going to end up playing in the whole playoffs. I think there was always a question mark surrounding him and, and his return. But do you think or are you hearing, is there any chance we're going to see Stammer here in this uh, cup final? I'm going to come out and say right now, and I said it on, to, uh, on Friday's show, that I fully expect Stamkos to play game one. Now, um, we saw it throughout the last series that Coach Cooper is not – he he's keeping a lot of his decisions close to his chest uh, when when he was asked about point and his status. Um, he – I believe one of the famous lines was that you're just going to have to wait until, you know, the players come out of the tunnel. So 
I think that he's doing this as kind of a to psych out the stars. I mean, I don't think the stars are the kind of team at this point in time, especially where they're not really too concerned about Steven Stamkos. If he plays, he plays. And having said that, um, you know, I fully expect him to play. I don't think he's going to make it that big of a difference. I think he's going to be more of their out there sort of a decoy. Is he going to contribute? Of course, if he wasn't able to, I don't think he would be playing. Um, so if Stammer does play in game one, expect him to be on the second line, uh, maybe even a third, but at the same time, that third line has been crucial for Tampa. So I would be shocked if Cooper decides to kind of mess with that a little bit. But expect him to be on the second line, maybe playing uh, minimal shifts, maybe have maybe 10 to 15, see how he is. Um, so and then if he if he feels well enough to play in game two, I think it's going to be kind of a, a shift by shift situation to see uh, if, you know, whatever injury he had. Now, at the start of the voluntary workouts, it was reported he had a lower body injury. And the only possible thing other than maybe ligament dan- damage or tendon damage was possibly him, um, you know, messing up his hamstring. So I think it's one of those situations where I think he's just still battling it or they're just worried that he could possibly re-injure himself at any time. So, uh, yeah, I fully expect Stammer to come back. To make a big difference like point, I don't think so. I think really at the end of the day, I think this team is going to be looking towards Kucherov, point, and Hedman, the three guys, as well as Vasilevsky, and that as really those that core four to really lead them uh, during these games. Up here in, in Toronto, there's been a lot of speculation about whether or not Steven Stamkos, like if this team ends up going on and having all this success and he's not really at the forefront of it, is Stamkos a guy who the Tampa Bay Lightning could look to move on from? With you being down south and being plugged into Tampa, are those conversations happening down there at all, or is this just kind of a delusional Toronto media thing that's happening right now? I think it's a little bit of both. I think the Tampa fan base and the Tampa media is kind of split on what the Stamkos situation is now. Because, I mean, it's been no secret that Stamkos has struggled with injury and not only you know, being banged up here and there like you would normally see from a player. I mean, we're talking massive injuries where he's missed significant amount of times where sometimes um, in years past, players might not ever recover from those kind of situations where they might not come out. But each time he's come out and has pretty much produced for the most part and been the leader of this team. And so for for as his timetable, I still think that, you know, it's on a year-by-year basis. Um do I see him finishing his career here? It all depends on his health. Um, you know, he's still very young. He just turned 30, 31 years old. So, you know, he's still got at least maybe seven, eight years in the National Hockey League, depending on, you know, how much his body could take. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lightning were to move on from him at some point. And maybe because this whole group, um, they're not getting any younger. And the Lightning do have somewhat of a depleted, prospect pipeline right now um i wouldn't exactly call it the stellar um (laughs) farm system that they got going and they just traded away two first round draft picks so i think eventually maybe if the lightning don't maybe go on a tear and win a couple of cups in the next five years we could definitely see them maybe trading him at his peak if we haven't already hit it um for maybe some top prospects or mid-level prospects and a couple of draft picks so 
I guess just getting back to the to the cup final and, and kind of previewing what, what we should expect to see between the Lightning and the Dallas Stars, I think we kind of already alluded to the fact that New York gave Lightning some, you know, some the fits with their tight, low event style of play throughout the conference final. Now, Dallas plays a similar grind it out. Uh, we're going to capitalize on your mistakes type of game as well. But I think they have you know, more finishers than the Islanders Mm -hmm. have. Does that worry you at all heading into the cup final, knowing that there was some success shutting down Tampa and it has been proven that there is kind of a, a somewhat of a recipe for success, a little bit of a roadmap to cutting into that, that juggernaut that is the lightning. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what happened just solely based, I mean, let's not even talk about those other series. If you just look at what happened this past series against the Islanders, there is a blueprint, and there's a little bit of luck with it as well. Now, here's the thing, um, and I'm sure any hockey fan who watched the series could could have you know seen this: is that Braden Point is the whole the whole center of this whole offensive output. Um, he does so much without the puck as he does with the puck, and and that's like 90 percent of that is drawing attention to himself, and. We saw it perfectly on the Palakal in, I believe it was game five. I believe it was, no, it was game four. So what happened was, you know, the point and Kucherov are going out of the ice and the the light, uh, the Islanders completely forgot about Plot on the weak side and he was set up with a perfectly uh, pass pass uh, down low from, from point. And it was just one of those things where point makes other players on this team good. You know, and I mean, how many players in the National Hockey League can we say that? I mean, maybe Crosby, uh, McDavid. Uh, short know, list. I mean, it's a pretty short yeah, list. He's he's yeah. really turned out to be quite the player. Yeah, and and this is him at a hundred percent now. Probably a lot of people kind of slept on him, of course, this year because of you know just the way he was playing. So this, like I stated before, you know, going into his playoffs, it was kind of like a whoa, brain points back, you know, kind of reaction. So. Um, you know, kind of if if point if they are without point, um, that definitely the kind of puts a lot of pressure on guys like Kucherov, like the headman, who by the way is having an insane uh, you know playoffs right now. Nine goals, the most goals by a defenseman since 1994 when Brian Leach and the New York Rangers won the Stanley Cup. So that just shows you like this isn't exactly a yearly thing that you see at a defenseman, but um, it's, you know, everything that point does, not only on the offensive side, but the defensive side, um, just the, his ability to back check. Um, you know, there's so many things that he does for this team where it just it it takes a lot of the pressure off the the other players and the, the deaf players as you go down the line. Um, so he I think part of that and then all, all Dallas has to do after that is really just play their game. And if, if points not there, it's going to be super hard. Um, for this Lightning team to really score, um, and they're going to really heavily lot uh, They're really going to heavily rely on on guys like Hedman. You know, you really don't want to see Hedman, who is really not a primary scorer on this team. You don't really want to see Hedman in the stat sheet take six uh, six shots on net um, and have a goal. You know, you really don't want to see that on a on a stat sheet on a nightly basis, just because um, you know you like the individual performance. But if you see that, then that that means that the other guys aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. So what does Tampa need to do then to win the series and win the Stanley cup? 
they need to manage the puck well, which they have kind of been doing better of recently. Um, what they have been doing, they have this little tendency as well to turn over the puck in the neutral zone, which leads to a lot of odd man rushes the other way, uh, which is why a guy like Victor Hedman is so valuable in this team, uh, his ability to get back on the rush and break up the play, as well as other players like like Zach Bogosian, who I know Leafs fans really wish uh, the Leafs picked <laughs> up at, the, at, at right before the playoffs. Sure do. Um, <laughs> guys like that, um, are, they're so valuable, and – and they just need to spread the puck around. They need to set up each other with prime scoring chances. And I know that sounds a lot easier said than done, but um, one of the one of the guys that has really struggled throughout this whole playoff run was Anthony Sorelli. He, I think, up until last night, only had about maybe five points up until you know scoring that game-winning goal to clinch the series. So guys like that really need to step up because Sorelli. It's not like Sorelli hasn't done anything all year. He was one of our top players during the year when. Stamkos went down when Kucherov missed a little bit of time. You know, the Lightning really struggled with the injury bug this year, which kind of inadvertently prepared them for the playoffs early on because they had that next man up mentality. So when Stamkos wasn't available, it wasn't that big of a shocker because everybody, if you looked at the stats during the year, guys like Alex Kalorn were scoring 25-plus goals. Alex Kalorn, up until the pause, was on the verge of scoring 35 goals the way he was playing. Um, so that they really need to spread the puck around. They can't just rely on the same two or three guys. Uh, that's just not a recipe for, for winning, especially against the stars team who are absolutely going to go out there and challenge the lightning to, to rely on those other guys, guys like Blake Coleman, who have been absolutely incredible since the trade deadline, as well as Barkley Goodrow, who has been playing above expectations up to this point. So the Lightning really need to just play a complete game from top to bottom, from the the first line, from the first line to all the way to you know the goaltender. So I think Vasilevsky, I, I would have to say, is probably the only player on this team that I'm not worried about, except for his the situation he puts himself in when he's handling the puck um, could sometimes lead to, to, to turnovers and easy scoring uh, opportunities, which I could definitely see Dallas getting one or two in this series. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the lightning just needs to play a complete game. I think they're going to be fine. Um, I expect this series to go seven just because of how, how gritty uh, the, the stars are. I fully expect them to take at least one of the first two in this series. Uh, it's going to be a great series. I'm interested to see how, especially, we all know that Jamie Ben's been on a tear as well as some of these younger players on the Stars, but I'm very interested to see how a guy like Tyler Sagan, who hasn't really been having yeah. in a, a crazy playoffs, I'm really interested to see how he really could step it up. Because it, I think at the end of the day, um, I think a guy like that it might be the X factor for the Stars, which I'm petrified of. Definitely. If he gets hot, if Tyler Sagan gets hot, especially now, I think, um, you know, I'm trouble. not saying the lightning. Are, yeah, exactly. I, I think if the even then, I think the lightning, if they're fully healthy, if they have point, if if maybe we see Stamkos, which I fully expect them to, like I said before, but I don't think he's going to be that big of a factor. Even even so, if, if a guy like Sagan gets hot, this could go down to the wire in game seven. It's going to be a fun series. I am looking forward to it. I know that there was a lot that we're really hoping for a Vegas-Tampa series, um, but I think now that we're getting to the nitty-gritty of it, we're 24 hours away. I'm I'm getting excited for this one. I think Dallas has earned their way there. Uh, they've they've 
obviously defeated everyone out in the West, and they become uh, they are the best team. They they crown the Western champs, and they get a chance to take on Tampa. Uh, I just want one more thing from you before I let you go. If Tampa wins, who is their Conn Smythe winner? Ooh, uh huh. That's you know, uh, this team has just had so many contributions from the top guys. Uh, the main three. Vasilevsky, Hedman, and Point, of course. So I would have to say if Point continues on the streak that he's had throughout this entire playoffs, um, he's an absolute shoo-in for the Conn Smythe. Uh, if for whatever reason his performance kind of falters or you know stalls at any point in the series, I would think that depending on how things go, how certain games play out. I think it's a toss up between Basileski or Hedman either, you know, either, or, I mean, th- those are not bad choices either. Now I have a question in return for you. Maybe you could help out some lightning fans who are looking into maybe collecting cards. Now, um, you know, you sure. have a, a great segment on locked on NHL. Who's maybe the top lightning player that maybe they should start investing in right now. Uh, I mean, the top one that I've been investing in just because he's been so cheap up until about a month ago was Braden Point. Like, you were able to pick his card up for about $20, $25. It's now exceeded the $45, I've seen it go as high as $60 for a Braden Point rookie. So it's kind of tough to to capitalize on that one right now. We may have missed the boat on him, but we kind of talked about him uh, not too long ago, and it's Anthony Sorelli, I think, is another guy who I'd be looking to pick up some cards, especially since he hasn't had that great of a playoffs. Um, he's somebody who really can dig deep and, and score some big goals, especially in a cup final. He's the type of gritty uh, two-way player that really kind of shines in these moments so i would say if you can get a sorelli for you know under 10 bucks uh that's canadian that is under 10 dollars canadian i i think that that'd be a pretty good pickup for for tampa well i definitely second that um you know sorelli's the kind of guy i said on my show the other day where this game winning goal in ot especially to in just like the the spot it was and where the team was going at that point this is the kind of goal that could completely turn around his playoffs and he could definitely maybe go on a tear in the cup finals. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. I'm super excited. It's it's definitely a nice change of pace to kind of see sort of a, a Southern Stanley Cup final, something that we may not have seen in the past off the top of my head. Very 2020. Um, it, isn't yeah, it? very 2020. <laughs> um, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great goalie matchup. So if you're a fan of goalies, if you're listening to this, that's going to be um, a great matchup. Expect, you know, either – Either one of these guys could throw up a shutout any any night of the week. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, go check him out on Twitter at AP Danker, and definitely go check out the Lockdown Lightning over the course of the next couple of weeks during the Cup Final. He'll be having shows Monday to Friday each and every day. Adam, thanks so much for joining. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to see how this ends. That should be interesting. Uh, For your sake, go Bolts. Uh, That's Adam Danker from Locked on Lightning. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. It's got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones, which includes caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, and this one sounds delicious, the 
apple almond crisp. And that goes along with the 12 originals, mint brownie, salted caramel, toffee almond, and my all-time favorite, the peanut butter brownie. These bars are covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy. It's great for the health-conscious guy who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you about the peanut butter bar. Uh, the flavor profile of this one, it's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams of net carbs. It's unbelievable. And get this, right now you can get yourself a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last a free cooler go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on you'll get ten dollars off your next order use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com all right welcome back to locked on these podcast mike stefano still with you gonna keep this last uh segment here short and sweet went a little long there with uh, adam but it was a lot of fun and i really enjoyed both of those guys coming on so thank you so much uh, both to you, Adam and Kenneth, and good luck to both of your respective teams in the cup final, which starts tomorrow. Uh, but we do have a couple of news and notes from uh, Leafs Nation, so I'll quickly get to those. Manny Malhaltra ends up with the assistant coach position on Sheldon Keefe's bench. What does this mean? Well, this means a couple of things. One, um, it means we won't have Bruce Boudreau as the assistant coach here in Toronto. Um, it's now been widely reported that Boudreau did meet with with Toronto and did meet with Sheldon Keefe. And ultimately, I think that it just came down to the fact that Keefe wanted his bench. And I think he thought that getting a guy who's experienced as, as Bruce Boudreaux is, who is uh, a guy who's so beloved by Toronto and the media, I just think that he felt everybody would be looking over his shoulder and would kind of always be thinking that maybe Bruce would be a, a coach in waiting if something goes wrong. And, and he just didn't want to have that and have to worry about it. And instead went with Manny Malhotra. And I don't think that is a bad decision. I think Malhotra is 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 an up-and-coming coach. I've heard really good things coming from a lot of really intelligent hockey people about him being one of those up-and-coming coaches in the National Hockey League. Um, he was with Vancouver as a special assistant, kind of more behind the scenes, and they allowed him to move up the ladder and, and get, give him a chance to work on an actual NHL bench here in Toronto. Um, he was a solid face-off specialist in his time in the NHL, and he really turned Bo Horvat into an outstanding face-off guy, and, and that's a skill that can be developed. I think Malhaltra should be able to help the Leafs in that regard. So you got guys like like you know John Tavares and and um, you know, Nylander can take some draws as well. He can definitely try and better himself at that. But I think Austin Matthews is somebody who, if he can perfect taking draws, I think is going to do wonders for him and for this team because that's how you end up with possession. You win the draw off the faceoff and you end up with possession, which is basically how the Leafs want to try and win. And that's a big part of Sheldon Keefe's system. So it makes sense that they go out and they get like a faceoff specialist to try and help this team. I'm a little curious as to what's going to happen with the power play and who's going to end up coaching the power play. If you recall, McFarland, who uh, left to go be a head coach for the Kingston Frontenacs in the OHL. He was the power play t- uh, coach for the Maple Leafs this season. Not sure if Malhaltra will take over those duties as of yet. Um, you know, he was never really a, an offensive force, I guess, in the NHL. And whether or not that can, you don't have to be, I guess, to be a pretty good, uh, you know, an all-seeing eye of the game in general. And maybe... 
they let him try and, and do the power play, or maybe they let Hackstall do it and let Malhotra take over on the penalty kill, which is something that he was more so doing when he was playing the game. Uh, but we'll see. It does come from Vancouver, who had a really, really successful power play, and maybe he picked the brain and, and learned a thing or two uh, from the coaches over there. But we'll see what ends up happening uh, with Malhotra. But welcome to Toronto, uh, the new assistant coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Manny Malhotra. Uh, two other quick things that I want to get to. One, Kyle Clifford and his agent officially announcing that he'll be testing the free agent market uh, means two things. One, at least they're losing grit and they're losing a guy who has won it before. And it also means this. Toronto won't have to give up their 2021 third round pick because uh, it was a conditional pick based on the fact that Kyle Clifford re-signed here in Toronto. So they elect to not re-sign him. He probably would have cost a little bit too much more money anyways. So they said, you know what? It's going to cost a lot of money. Plus it's going to cost us a draft pick. We've already given up tons throughout the past couple of seasons. We probably Probably shouldn't be giving him out like they're candy. We're going to let him walk. Um, they are going to have to replace him, though. He is somebody who brought something different to this lineup. Grit, sandpaper, leadership, a winning mentality. All of that is going to have to be put back into the lineup somehow. Not sure how it is, but somehow it's going to have to be done. And maybe it could be with this guy, which leads me to my next little piece, piece of news. Darren Dreger. Big-time report that Alex Petrangelo will be testing the open market. Yes, that's right. Alex Petrangelo might be coming home, ladies and gentlemen. At least there's a chance. Uh, Dreger reporting today that the St. Louis Blues and, and their captain, Alex Petrangelo, have stalled in talks, and they've broken off, and they have said, go ahead, hit the open market, see what you can get. If you don't get what you're looking for, you'll be welcome back Here's a contract. This is what we're willing to give you. Uh, not sure what that contract is. Again, going into next year, there's a lot of teams that aren't going to be willing to spend up to the cap. We already know that there's tons of teams who are actually looking to get way under the cap and way under, like 70, under $70 million of this $81.5 million cap. Not too sure where St. Louis stands uh, in, in terms of that, but I, I they're not probably going to be a team that's going to be willing to spend up to the cap and is probably why they're not looking to bring back Petrangelo, which is unfortunate because he captained them all the way to, to a Stanley Cup, and, and he's a really, really good player. And this is big. You know, the Leafs, they got a chance now. Kyle's going to have to do some heavy lifting to get it done, but it's a possibility. Sadly, um, I'm not sure if they'll be able to get it done just because, again, it's going to be a high number. I do not expect Petrangelo to take that big of a hometown discount to come to Toronto. Um, everyone who's clamoring for him to come on like a, a seven-year, $8 million contract, I don't see it. I think this guy's going to be looking for something that starts with a nine, um, nine, nine and a half million on a six, seven-year deal. And eh, just not too sure Toronto can make that happen without really, really dismantling this team and moving out one of those big four, which is something I don't think that Kyle Dubas wants to do. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. He's also 30 years old. So do you want to give a, a 30-year-old a seven-year contract? I don't know. Years five, six, seven may be a little dicey when you're paying a guy like that that kind of money. But at the same time, if we're living it in the next couple of years, you bring in Alex Petrangelo, that makes this a cup contender. Even if you take out one of those bigger guns, I think that makes his team a cup contender because you finally have addressed the blue line you get yourself a number one defenseman, and uh, already that decor is is would be looking 
way better, way better. Um, and maybe even if that's the case, you don't even have to move on from Freddie Anderson because you know what you're going to get, and if you just put a little bit better defense, uh, defending in front of him, I think he could be a better goalie. I think that you could get better results more so than him be a better goalie, just better results. So Petrangelo is going to be interesting. It's going to be uh, it's going to go down to the wire, but we'll see. Maybe he also is a kid who you know slept with Maple Leafs pajamas on and bed sheets and. Maybe we'll see a nice little Twitter message from uh, Alex Petrangelo come October 9th when free agency kicks off. Um, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast, though. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms. And receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. Also, just a reminder, if you missed it or if you forgot at uh, at the beginning of the show, I will be doing a giveaway for a Mitch Marner mini stick uh, from Tim Hortons uh, to one lucky listener of the podcast who leaves me a rating, a review, and then also follows us on Twitter. So this contest is going to be going until the night that the Stanley Cup is awarded. So you have until then to get your reviews in. Uh, so please, please go ahead and do that and win yourself a pretty cool prize. Uh, if you want some more Hockey Talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode on Monday. I think I'm going to get a little bit more into how the Leafs can go about this Alex Petrangelo signing and maybe what the structure might have to look like and what they'll have to kind of the roster moves that are going to have to be made in order to get this done. So check for that on Monday. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.